Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Well, welcome to another of our interview series with the Marketing Tech Blog. And I have on the line with me today, Lee Odin. Uh, Lee is a content marketer extraordinaire with an incredible background in search engine optimization. Uh, Lee runs top rank blog and has his own digital agency before Lee, I, I've been following you. It, it, it seems like forever. Yeah, Doug, we've been connected for a long time. Yeah. And of course we both are part of that exclusive Facebook group, <laughs> yeah, uh, marketers yeah. with beards. <laughs> exactly. It's the most famous <laughs> group about marketers with beards and it's called marketers with beards. Are we course, allowed to so. talk about marketers with beards outside of marketers with beards? <laughs> it is a pretty it's uh, started by chad pullet so a uh, hilarious group uh we share a lot of jokes actually no 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 chad's just an uh, he's a fan i started it five years ago wait you started it yes oh i, started I didn't know that five years ago just as a, a way to play around with facebook's group feature and uh you know invited about 100 people to it and didn't really do anything with it until about two years ago um, just started posting funny things there. And, um, I am yeah, so Chad, sorry. Chad's just very a- active <laughs> and proud of his beard. I am so sorry. I, I, I don't think I mentioned it to anybody, so I didn't, you know, uh, hurt your feelings or anything. No, but. no, no, no. Hey, hey, if Chad wants to take it over, I'm game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great conversation, especially, you know, beards are hip now, you know, so it's, it's, it's a good thing. And, and they make marketers better, period, yeah. right? Um, it, Lee, Lee, I should, I should add this, uh, recently announced, and, and thanks to uh, Jason Miller and the team at LinkedIn, uh, Lee was uh, on a list, and I happened to be on that list as well. I'm not sure how I got on a list with Lee, but um, of content marketing thought leaders within the industry that you should follow, and I think it was a list of about 31 uh, content marketers on that list? Yeah. Um, there's a, a very big rock of content that uh, Jason and the team at LinkedIn Marketing Solutions put together, um, a sophisticated marketer's guide to content marketing. And um, in the end, and it's part of the formula uh, with these large content assets that they produce to include a list of folks. And they'll include thought leaders, uh, contributing some of the content to the ebook itself. And that's, we at, we're actually, LinkedIn is actually, Jason is a client of ours, as are several other groups in, within LinkedIn. And we help them with the influencer stuff. But um, I always, you know, who doesn't like a good list? Yeah, I And agree. Um, especially, you know, someone credible like Jason. Jason, I think, is a, a wizard when it comes to the intersection of creative content, but also accountable content marketing. And um, he's really proven things out in his role at LinkedIn, just like he did at Marketo and uh, Market Tools before that. And we worked with him at all those companies. He's, he's just an enjoyable, nice person as well, not to mention incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And very talented yeah. with rock and roll <laughs> photography. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was it was funny. He he was on Facebook the other day and he had a picture of, uh, I think, Yngwie Malmsteen in his uh, in his presentation. And, um, and I was, I was kind of curious, like, I wonder how many people in the audience actually knew who Yngwie Malmsteen was. 
I was just going to say, I wonder how many people know who that guy is. The man who crushes guitars. <laughs> or well, guitar playing, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yes, that's funny. Yeah. So, so uh, anybody listening, please, um, if if you just look it up online, looked up uh, LinkedIn, and it's a uh, content marketing, a, a sophisticated guide to content marketing. It is a fantastic guide, of course, with all the creativity that Lee is talking about. That um, you know, they don't just sit there and 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 put a word document out. It is colorful. It's of statistics and of course you know actionable things people that you can follow and i i i love those lists just because it's a refresher i'll, I'll always see you know um five people off the list that i haven't you know been following and and i'll i'll get on and start following them and start coming up with some new ideas and and refreshing ideas so kudos to them yep yeah, yeah well it's a great resource well lee you have uh, a top rank blog is now 12 years old Yes. Wow. That is fantastic. I, uh, I, I'm only 10 years old with mine and I already <laughs> feel like an old man in internet. Yeah, years. I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, we started in, um, late December, 2003 and several other SEO blogs started that same year. Uh, Barry from search engine Roundtable, even, uh, Aaron wall, if SEO book and, uh, search engine journal, which all of which are still alive today, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, and, and it's been a fun experience, a place to experiment, a place to, you know, start to develop an audience before there was something to sell. Really, our company started as a PR firm and top rank was a product and things shifted a little bit. Part of the customer acquisition for the top rank product solutions came because of the blog and that's how it grew. And so it's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey being able to, you know, develop enough of an audience, a substantial quantity of visitors to a web property that you can start to do some really interesting testing of tactics and techniques and then bring real data to your customers and say, hey, you know, here's, here's how something might work and we have data to prove it. Or we can say, because of our longevity in publishing, here's what you're going to experience in year one. Here's what you're going to experience in year three, four, and five. And then in year 10, <laughs> and how many people can say that? You right. Know? So right. it's been a great tool. It's been a great way to build community. It's a great way to surface talent within our company. And you, I know you know all these things, but when people think about blogging and they hear noise that blogging is on the decline, it is a little bit with corporations um, in favor of various social media activities. But any business that's thinking of what can I do to create authority, to create credibility and a presence for my brand as soon as possible without having to pay for advertising, blogging is probably one of the most effective ways to do that. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And I, I, love, I love what you mentioned there about testing because we do the same thing. We test all kinds of tools and services and, and then bring them to our clients knowing you know whether they worked or were effective or not. So... Uh, we do the same exact thing. And, and I can't, I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm not, where, where do you see blogging from a, a decline? I mean, I, I'm not sure that I agree. I, I've seen, I, I think almost every single company now is, is, has a, you know, great content strategy, you know, that they're trying to, you know, execute. Maybe, maybe it's the blogging of old where, hey, I'm going to write 200 words a day, 
you know, five times a day or something like that. Yeah, I, I say that because the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth has uh, got some researchers that have been following the Fortune 500 and the Inc. 500 uh, or 500 of the Inc. list, Inc. 5000, uh, for five or six years now. And they've been tracking their blogging activity as well as uh, after the second or third year, they started tracking their uh, primary social channel activity every year. And they, they do a report about it. And, uh, and so blogging for the last two years has gone down slightly. Uh, not enough for me to say, hey, don't blog. I mean, right. I just said, hey, if you're going to do anything, you should start blogging. Um, but it's not like, you know, there's a certain bell curve of things, so to speak. And uh, we're not on the decline overall. I mean, the need for producing content is not going to go away and it's not going, it's not going to dissipate anytime soon. Right. Um, so to be competitive, you have to be present and blogging is a great way to, to do that. Do you think it's that, uh, companies are, you know, especially with search algorithms, uh, and you know, the, the need for social, you know, and, and, and basically promoting your content. Um, do you think that some of it is that companies are starting to shift budget into deeper, uh, higher quality content than just, you know, trying to, you know, do frequent, you know, posts? There is a trend towards content hubs where companies are using a CMS, oftentimes a blogging CMS, and they're creating, yes, I would agree, more qualitative content uh, repositories. Um, oftentimes you'll see a combination of content types. So it's not just the sort of reverse chronological um, what am I thinking today sort of thing that's common with blogging, but, you know, professional articles written by subject matter experts internally, yep. syndicated from external sources, uh, curated, um, and, and even pulling in uh, things like social content or from their own channels or via conversations that are happening with their channels or with their brand on uh, outside channels. Also um, incorporating campaigns. So um, you look at platforms like Uberflip, for example, which are a great way to bring all that together, uh, just as an example. Um, and so a lot of these hubs, and it, I think B2B technology companies have been pretty quick to adopt this sort of approach. Everything from Intel IQ to, um, uh, we have a client, uh, Dell, uh, and their site, uh, their hub is called Power More. And that's another good example. Um, TaylorMade Golf has one on the consumer side. So th there's a lot of these content hubs. Actually, if you just Google the phrase content hubs, you'll see all kinds of listicles <laughs> sharing uh, what companies are doing to create these deep repositories of qualitative information about things they're, they hypothesize their customers care about. Oh, I love it. I love it because we've been, you know, one of the things that we've been trying to get people to kind of change their perception of content on is you know, from that production and just spitting out, you know, ongoing garbage and getting to that, you know, we, we call it a content library. I like hub because that's more inclusive of external resources. Uh, but we're, what we're trying to do for our client is basically say, you know, what are all the articles? What's all the information that people are going to be seeking on your site? And let's make sure that we don't have any gaps in that. And let's make sure that every single one is you know, that qualitative, you know, uh, content that you're looking for that, that really digs deep. And if you don't have them, 
guess what your competitors do, you know, so they're going somewhere else, but I'm, I'm going to do some research on, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get a guest post from the Lee Odin on, uh, on content hubs. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK new media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Well, Lee, and, and, and talk some more about, I'd love to hear more about, you know, when did you start your agency? How did you start it? And, you know, obviously, I think you're, um, you know, you're one of the people that I look up to in the industry, especially uh, from an SEO standpoint. Um, you know, I, I really started to have my doubts about the SEO industry, you know, a few years back. And it seems like you stayed well ahead of that, you know, uh, that curve. And I don't, you know, it wasn't black hat, but it was definitely people exploiting algorithms and, you know, and really yeah. looking for underhanded ways to, to rank when they didn't deserve it. And, um, yeah. and, and, and you really stayed ahead of that curve as well. Can you talk about that from an agency standpoint? Well, there certainly were plenty of SEO, opportunistic uh, SEOs uh, giving the, the business world reason to call them you know, dirty, rotten scoundrels and <laughs> other things. <laughs> um, and, and so I guess I, I looked at it as early days uh, as a matter of pushing to see what pushes back. But, you know, once you start to connect your livelihood to that sort of thing, uh, the, the issue of risk comes into play, Yeah. right? And um, there was an event called the Florida Update uh, that happened – a long time ago. I don't remember what year it was. Maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, but it was in the, you know, before 2010, uh, quite a bit. And and so Google had made a major change and in their effort to improve the quality of the search results. And it really was a big sweeping filter uh, against a lot of the manipulative SEO tactics people were employing. And it was a bit of a wake-up call for, for a lot of folks. I don't remember that we were very much affected and part of the reason why is because uh, this company was, or the original company, was founded by Susan Michikanis, uh, who's my business partner. And so it was her company. And she started a PR agency. And so the way they approached content was more about brand and messaging and influencing a public about an idea that would hopefully be some of the connective tissue a prospect would um, you know, need to know about as they made their way through a sales journey. And so there was a qualitative aspect or perspective towards content that existed with a company that I then joined as an SEO that exposed me to a different way of looking at things rather than being beholden to the almighty Google for everything. And, And so in looking at that kind of content that was very brand and messaging focused and started to think, well, you know, sure, People search for things when they're looking for a solution, and of course we hope that they buy, but people search for more reasons than that, and certainly companies create content for more reasons than that. And so it's because of a holistic view of, look, how can we as an entity, as as an agency, connect people who are looking with companies that are publishing, whether it's for recruiting whether it's for uh, customer service content, whether it's for marketing and, and lead gen or, or uh, transactions, um, or whether it's a journalist 
that's using search to find subject matter experts or looking for story sources for that story that's got to run at 11 and you know they've got that deadline to beat and they need someone quick. Search is a great tool to surface those kinds of people. So an, an understanding holistically um, those things about search is what made me stay away from after you know this Florida update sort of event from the kinds of things that um, would entail a lot of risk. I wanted to manage that risk and I wanted to win by being smarter and more creative rather than just trying to exploit loopholes. Yeah. Oh, well said. I, I, you know, we saw it, I think we saw it just because we, we had a lot of people coming to us from SEO agencies and, and so they were, they were saying, you know, Hey, we're ranking well, but we're not converting. <laughs> right. And, and, and it goes back to your, you know, exactly that. Well, if you got to have, you've got to have great messaging, you've got to have compelling content in order for it to convert. It's not enough just to rank well. You know, you've got to have something that people are drawn into. Wow, that's uh, well said. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore At Home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin area At Home superstores today. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. I'd like to hear, you know, uh, from a, you know, you your agency bridges the gap, I think, from uh, size of company as well as B2B and B2C. Can you talk a little bit? Maybe we should start with B2B versus B2C. Um, do you see significant differences between the content strategies of businesses that are going after other businesses? And, and it can be beyond content, obviously, you know, to, to inbound um, versus going after consumers. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, the differences lie in the customer and the customer expectations, customer uh, experience. If I'm going to look for a new, you know, curved screen HD 4K TV, um, you know, I'll, I'll go to Google. I might even go to social networks. Um, once I do a little bit of homework, the time between my start of uh, research and the time to purchase could be as little as a day. It could be a couple of weeks. Whereas if I'm looking for a new, you know, IP phone system uh, for, for my business and I need, you know, 35 units and a server and this and that, whatever, uh, you know, there, there's, I'm going to have multiple, I'm going to have a couple of people, even though I'm a small business, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a couple other people helping me um, do the research and make recommendations. And so, you know, the the time between initial, hey, we've got this problem, we've got to solve it. And before, between that and implementation or, or I mean, uh, transaction and with the vendors, multiple vendors too, um, could be month, two months, three months, something like that, you know? So um, that's the biggest difference generally is the time between, you know, that identification of a problem and the action on solving that problem with a purchase or transaction. But there's uh, the other thing that I brought up in that little story comparison there was is the fact that in with consumer purchases, typical consumer purchases, it's an individual making the choice. A lot of times in B2B, you have a buying committee. Um, so it, you're not just talking about one uh 
one person making the choice and it's not so easy as to, you know, create one persona that represents your ideal buyer, the VP or CMO of, you know, XYZ company. Um, when in fact there are multiple people who might be using the thing and there are department heads or individuals tasked with contributing their input as part of a committee for making that purchase decision. So in B2B, we have a longer time frame in you know, larger scale purchases, larger sets of dependencies for implementation and the effect it'll have on the company, um, as well as the likelihood that there's more than one person involved in making the decision. Those differences, of course, dramatically impact the, the content one would develop and target uh, you know, between B2B and B2C. Uh, that's a great point, you know, because if you're speaking, you know, from a CEO versus a, you know, a, a, and, and just out, I'll throw out a simple example. So you've got a CMO that maybe is looking at a, a platform that um, it's good for their career, right? They, <laughs> you know, something like a, a Salesforce. They want to learn Salesforce from front to back. It's good for their evolution of their career. So they have a personal interest in it. Um, as well as the corporate interest of implementing a CRM. But then you have a CFO who obviously has to look out at, okay, what what is this going to cost, you know, once we roll it out to the entire company and, and where are the boundaries going to be from a budget standpoint? And then, of course, you've got a CEO that's just looking at, is this a valid company? Is Salesforce the real deal? And, of course, we know they are. But, but you know, three different perspectives maybe on the same exact problem there. Right. Uh, it's a great point. It's a that's that's a very good point. Yeah, and and plus there'll also be f- people with functional responsibilities that will be affected by the adoption of whatever this new thing is for the business. And oftentimes those executives if they're smart, they'll you know, ask for input from those people whose lives, whose work lives will be dramatically affected by whatever it is that is being purchased. Yeah, great point. Wow. And and from a size of company standpoint, you know, what do you see from, a, you know, let's say a smaller scale startup that maybe has uh, some initial funding, you know, compared to obviously, a you know, an Inc. 100 or Fortune 500 company? With a, a lot of small companies, and, and I'll pick on B2B, you know, you can have a, by small, I mean, you know, 100 million or less. Um, you know, you have a, a director or VP of marketing who can pretty much pull the trigger and, you know, get implemented whatever it is they need done. Um, and and with, with a larger co- – and that's a sweeping generalization, but, you know, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, you know the, the classic consulting answer, right, is, well, it depends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but usually – so with a smaller organization, typically there are less people involved and there's some so, some degree of simplicity uh, when it comes to them making a choice, but sometimes there's not as much intellectual capital available, uh, for implementation and, um, or there may be some tendencies towards DIY cause they run thin and, uh, they'll do the, well, we're going to try this thing out like in marketing, you know, we're going to, let's just do an audit or let's just do a, you do the strategy and we'll implement all of it, you know, which is, is what it is. Um, and whereas a large complex organization, um, which, you know, there are political differences uh, for one. So you have multiple organizational units that could be affected. And so it may be that there is a chief 
uh, marketing officer that makes a choice to, let's say, hire a marketing agency. But in order to implement the recommendations from the agency, it's going to require collaboration with IT, collaboration with product marketing managers, with business unit leaders, with regional managers, with content people, PR people, and so on and so forth. So uh, to win the hearts and minds of those uh, sort of dependent um, entities or individuals in an organization, a large organization, it requires a, a bit of a different approach than a small company where the boss says, we're going to do this, so therefore we're going to do it. Right, right. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Maybe just talk about, you know, your your agency, um, you know, who the clients are that you're taking care of that you can announce, of course, um, what kind of exciting things that you're doing. And, and then, of course, we can get into, you know, how people can get a hold of you. Sure. Well, um, we, we work with a, a small number of very large companies and then quite a few mid-market companies. Um, and so, you know, the large companies are, I guess, the Fortune 500 types. Um, and then the mid-market companies would be that usually, you know, 100 million to in the billions um, in terms of revenue. In fact, our top three clients have a combined revenue of 300 billion. Um, and, and we're doing content for them. Um, we're doing content plus is what we would call it. So content plus influencer work quite a bit, Influence uh, content plus SEO and social. Um, you know, we're helping with content and marketing automation initiatives and developing drip campaigns. We're developing the, um, you know, the measurement that goes along with those sorts of campaigns as well as conversion rate optimization. Customer acquisition is almost always the goal for any of our initiatives. However, the activities are very content focused. So there's content, there's research into customer segments, development of content marketing strategies, um, there is program management, and we are a retainer-based agency. Virtually all of our projects are month-to-month, or not month-to-month, but they're monthly. You know, We're paid based on a retainer of some sort. So right. there are plans developed that we execute on, and our client may do some of those things. We do the others, and we have exceptional project management capabilities, and um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Again, I mentioned Susan's name, also Jolena Pettis who's uh, uh, been with us for 10 years. Um, she's one of our longest uh, uh, tenured, so to speak, uh, employees. Wow, that's and, fantastic. Uh, and has been, they've been doing amazing work. We have a, probably one of the most talented teams we've ever had right now. And we recently you know, adopted the uh, agile marketing framework. So we've got our scrum masters and daily sprints and all that new vernacular has entered into our our uh, daily language here, and that has been amazing, absolutely amazing, um, in terms of quality, uh, quantity of output from the same number of people, and the impact on programs. It's um, it's been really really cool, and that's all thanks to Susan and Jolene and, and Amy and the teams here. Um, so. Yeah, there you go. We're doing a lot of content. We serve Dell, LinkedIn, a company called McKesson, which you might not have heard of, but they're a $135 billion company in the pharma healthcare industry. 
um, as well as, um, you know, like I said, lots of mid-market companies. And we're about, uh, about a 60-40 split between B2B and B2C. Oh, congratulations on that success. That's fantastic. And, and for people looking, uh, toprankmarketing.com is where you can go and get information on Lee's, uh, Lee's company. Uh, and then, of course, Top Rank Blog is, is, the, uh, is the blog where you should go subscribe and sign up and, and begin Absolutely. listening to this person. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore at-home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin-area at-home superstores today. And and Lee, what kind of exciting things are on the horizon for, for you guys? What are you excited about next? Well, um, I'm, I'm excited about how we're building out our solutions at our company and the, you know, the evolution of what this agile environment is bringing to us, um, all the way from, you know, improved offerings, more integrated offerings, especially incorporating, you know, some of the persona work and um, influencer really, I mean, we're doing influencer marketing for the top influencer marketing platform, as an example. Um, we've done, we do content marketing for Content Marketing Institute's uh, Content Marketing World Conference. So we have this real fun marketer's marketer kind of thing going on on yeah. one side of our business. And so being able to do those things and uh, grow them out, um, we're looking at software solutions of our own, which is exciting. That is exciting. And, uh, yeah. and I get to, you know, continue to play the game of getting out and sharing the good news about our agency and the talent we have um, with people out in the world at conferences. Um, I'm going to be... In um, where am I going to be? I'm going to be in Denmark. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm doing a webinar for Uber, Uber Flip in a week and a half um, on influencers, uh, influencer marketing and B2B. I'll be in uh, doing the opening keynote at a conference in Denmark um, with Michael Brenner. Uh, Chad will be there. Chad Pollitt will be there as well. Um, and that's a content marketing conference, social media marketing world, talking about influencer marketing. And then um, yeah, I'm sure there's something. Oh, I'm, uh, uh um, <laughs> Eloqua or, uh, yeah, Oracle, <laughs> uh, marketing, modern marketing conference. I'm going to be speaking, um, there as well. That's all in March and April. And, and, uh, people should follow you at Leoden. Yeah. L E E O D D E N on yep. the Twitter. Yep. And that's where you'll get, you know, obviously keep up on, on where he's speaking and when he's speaking. Um, so, and, and last question to you, just, just because it is the marketing tech blog, um, you talked about developing your own tools internal and, and, uh, we, we've gone down that road a, a couple times, mostly on some niche, you know, uh, tight products, just where, uh, you know, one of our clients just didn't fit into any of these massive systems that were online. Um, but what are what are some of the tools that you're excited for? What are some of the tools that you guys internal that you really really are starting to appreciate? Well, there's there's things that we that are ours that we use um, for various aspects of um, uh, related to research uh, and data use um, relevant to. Um, like any you know keyword research customer uh, or 
audience targeting and audience uh, segmentation and that sort of research. Um, um, as far as like tools anybody could go and get and play with, um, I'm a big fan of BuzzSumo. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I, we just did a, a webinar actually, and you can see the whole webinar on toprankblog.com um, where we talked about how you can become the best answer. Uh, what are the characteristics of best answer content? And uh, that was pretty interesting. We looked at uh, 600,000 posts. Wow. Uh, and, and analyzed that data set to come up with some methodology uh, for, for the webinar. Um, so that's that, that was kind of a fun thing. Um, but Buzzumo, I use every day, absolutely every day. Um, we have a client called Tracker, T-R-A-A-C-K-R. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I use Tracker quite a bit for influencer work uh, right along with Buzzumo. Um, follower wonk is fun, uh, you know, for Twitter centric, um, influencer stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of personally Evernote. Um, it's not so much an outright marketing tool clearly, but because of its synchronization across uh, all devices, it, uh, and I'm a curator, right? I'm always, you know, taking, uh, I'm always, um, saving things that I find. Um, and, um, whether I find them through, uh, searching, surfing, uh, conversations, social, via email, or if I just have an idea, I can save those things uh, and I've got a nice sort of taxonomy or, uh, of ca or, or categorization of ideas in Evernote. It makes it incredibly efficient for me um, to, to uh, organize disparate pieces of information into patterns, which ultimately allow me to see things in aggregate that others may not see quite yet. And it creates an advantage. It creates a competitive advantage, actually. So it's as much about the tools as it is about the approach um, of mining information and making a daily habit. So for SEO, I love SEMrush. There's Ahrefs. We use Moz as well. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, and from an analytics standpoint, um, we we use a. a uh, I'm not going to name it per se, but we use a business intelligence tool that aggregates a wide variety of disparate data sources into one dashboard. And we do that. Um, and and it, it's incredible how, um, how it normalizes the information experience, right? So you have data sources from search, from social, from analytics, from all these different places, and you can pull them into this common dashboard. You know, the, the information experience is, uh, there's continuity there, you know what I mean? And, and so when you can overlay that on goals for, for programs, it gives a nice single view of how an elegant, sophisticated program is actually running. Uh, um, so yeah. the category tool is business intelligence. You could just Google business intelligence tools or, or whatever and, and probably find a solution. But that's a fun tool. That, no, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. We, uh, we recently signed with uh, G-Shift Labs and are, are implementing their tool set right now. Really? And, and, okay. Yeah. And one of the reasons is that is that, you know, is is that we wanted to get, you know, analytics is, OK, who arrived at my site? But who arrived at my site is such a small micro, you know, <laughs> piece of the puzzle nowadays um, that we want web share across the web. We want to see social how you're working. We want to see obviously ranking, you know, how things are going. We want to be able to, you know, organize information and, and look at, you know, clusters of data and and uh and so i i love that those tools are getting smarter and smarter about that because uh before the call i you know i had mentioned to you you know kind of a pet peeve of mine is there's a lot of people outside of the social media industry that 
you know, are, are constantly harping on, you know, um, well, you know, social doesn't work, social doesn't work, social doesn't work. While those of us in the industry are spending more and more time and more and more money on social because we see these incredible benefits. Oh, um, yeah. But what really doesn't work is the attribution model, you know, the way that people are determining you know, whether or not social alone was the last click, you know, that influenced, you know, the decision, that's, that's a broken model. And, uh, and I love that these tools take that, the business intelligence tools are taking it a step back and saying, you know, let's see what happens when you get a huge rush on social, what happens downstream to your conversions, what happens downstream to your referrals, um, and I, I, I think that's an important evolution of this industry that, that more and more marketers are going to have to take note of. You guys are obviously a, you know, a top level, you know, multi-channel marketing firm. And, um, and a lot of agencies honestly aren't, they specialize in one channel and, and they know how to, you know, optimize one channel, but they don't see how the pieces, you know, fit together. And the tools, the tools now are starting to come together to measure that as well. Yeah, well, it, it's it's essential because customer behaviors are becoming more sophisticated and multi-channel. So yeah. brands need to be multi-channel in order to to you know create great experiences for them. You know, to meet expectations. Yeah, I I, I keep telling everybody, and I I have it in every presentation that Cisco did uh, an incredible study on customer journeys, and that the average product or service now has. 300 distinct customer paths to it. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's that nobody takes the same journey. Nobody, you know, it's, it's that, you know, definitely there's the mediums to get there, but, but for a company, you're not going to create one funnel and try to shove everybody into that funnel and, and on your timing <laughs> and get right, them right. to purchase, you know, you've got to have flexibility. And I love the fact that you talked about agile. Uh, I think the first person to bring that up with us was uh, Yasha Kekas Wolf. Um, yes. And, and Yasha is a huge advocate of, of agile and, um, wrote a little book on it. I think we, we published, uh, we published, uh, a post about it on marketing tech blog. Um, uh, but I would encourage marketers to look at that as well, because, um, again, you, you know, you, you can't, it's not the old days of the five year plan and you're going to execute, you know, now the mediums and the tools and the strategies and the prices and, and everything is fluctuating at such a, you know, high level. You've got to be more agile in your marketing efforts. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, the, the bar's higher yeah. and it's moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And good for that. Right. It keeps us in business. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Lee, last uh, last thing, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to uh, if they'd like to talk to uh, Top Rank Marketing about doing some work with you? Well, definitely uh, feel free to reach out to me at Lee L E E at T O P R A N K dot org O R G, um, or you can just go to toprankmarketing.com and click on the contact us. Um, either or is fine. Um, certainly happy to talk with people on the social web too. Um, Lee, uh, Leoden, L-E-E-O-D-D-E-N at Twitter or on LinkedIn or Instagram <laughs> or the super secret society of bearded marketers yeah. on Facebook. Oh, nice job. 360 right back to the beginning. Fantastic. Lee, I, I can't thank you enough for this time. And, uh, and once thank again, you, um, thank you. I, I mean, obviously you're, you're a marketing leader in this industry who I, uh, have incredible respect for and follow. And, uh, 
I appreciate everything that you're doing to share your knowledge out there. Well, thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You bet. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.